everyone! Welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Steve. And I'm Bill. Oh my god, that's so much better. It's so good to have you back, Bill. Oh, I've been lost in uh, the desert. I was picked up by a Reyes Ghoul. And I was trained with League of Shadows and Trickery. And I merely adopted the Shadows. Well, there you I go. I called them Timmy. Um... <laughs> I'm taking him to school tomorrow. He wears a, a fedora and like a red like mask and has a big nose. And he always walks around saying, The Shadow Nose! I'm like, ah, oh, Timmy. Son of a bitch. Timmy, you're my number one birthday boy. God damn it. <laughs> How are you doing, Bill? I'm doing great. Uh, it's been an okay week. Uh, been some controversy in the He-Man uh, community for some shit Mattel's doing. Go to heman.org, uh, check it out, read about the most um, entitled, prissy, babyfuck adult collectors who think they're entitled to everything in the fucking world just because they buy toys. Uh, it's fantastic. And also very upsetting. Uh, besides that, been a fine week. Uh, just been watching the G1 that's going on in uh, New Japan right now for their, their G1 tournament. Uh, that's been, uh, I think, day seven just happened uh, yesterday as, as we were recording this. Uh, people, a lot of people are already injured. A lot of shit going down. Yet they're they're only about halfway done. <laughs> Still have a lot of a lot of shows to go. Uh, so that's going great. Um, during one match the other day, uh, Tenzan, who's a cool guy, did a headbutt off the third turnbuckle, hitting Soriano square in the head. Uh, they both cut their heads open and were bleeding a lot. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Soriano looked like Ric Flair, actually worse than Ric Flair. There's just blood everywhere. It was an accident and very brutal. And all I know, I was just watching it, and then I looked away for a second and came back to... And there was there's, blood everywhere. There's this fucking Evil Dead 2 taking place. <laughs> like, oh my lord. And they were just trying to... They were making it so ridiculous so they wouldn't get the X rating, that's all. I didn't know you could hide blades in your forehead, but man, they they, they do crazy shit over there in Japan. They do do um, crazy shit in Japan. Other than that, uh, doing great. I'm going, I'm going to pop down to Indianapolis on Saturday to go to Gen Con for a day with some friends that last minute just gonna go do that and have some fun uh not play hero clicks uh a well i mean whiskey is running stuff but whiskey doesn't have a booth this year which i find not surprising yeah uh considering the past couple of years of gen con have been nothing but of a, a clusterfuck mm. for whiskey's so I don't, I don't know if they decided just not to run one or gen con just told them hey uh no <laughs> please stop Every year, your booth is a fucking nightmare because you can't manage yourselves. So, uh, it's okay. You we're guys give, we're giving you two options. Either learn how to manage yourselves or don't have a booth. Well, fuck, guess we're not having a booth. Yeah, <laughs> shit. I mean, it makes sense because uh, they had their, the, the Worlds, Worlds was at uh, Origins this year when normally it was at Gen Con, and I thought that spelt some interesting stuff. And then as stuff has been coming around, seems to be the case. They don't have much going on besides the regular Battle Royales and bullshit they do, and they have no booths. So, mm-hmm. it's funny, because of all of their exclusive product they were going to sell at their booth, the way they're pushing it now is, if you sign up for a uh, uh, you pay $75 as, a, as your entry fee for a tournament, and then at the end of the tournament, you just get, if you pick Marvel, you get the Super Booster and the figure... Or if you're Marvel, you know, basically you get the exclusives with your with your entry fee. Okay. Because they have no way of selling them. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of sucks if you just wanted Doctor Strange or Felix Faust. Then now you have to also pay the extra sixty dollars to get the the Colossals. Right. Which I skipped because I am not paying seventy five dollars for Brand X Skull Ship that I will never play. 
No, absolutely. That's the one downside with the Heroclix stuff, is that, like, the Colossals always look really cool, and they are fun to play with, like, once, but the amount that the Colossals cost are not worth the money to play with them once ever, because then if you keep playing with them, you're a fucking asshole. If you're just doing a super booster and it's like twenty five bucks, whatever. For sure, why? Whatever, that's fine. Yeah, sure. But when something's seventy five dollars, no, no, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. That's way too much for something that's going to sit on a shelf that I'm never going to play. Sure, I can, I'd rather just go buy a statue. Yeah, I know what that that I know what that purpose of that thing is, and I know what it's doing. It's not like me buying seventy five dollars for something that I should be playing a game with that I'm just never going to. The the only uh, exclusive that I may spend the money on would I'm sorry I meant to say uh, colossal not exclusive that I may spend the money on would be the colossal specter because that's a really legit statue. It looks good. That was back in the day when Wizkids made some serious shit. Some serious shit. That thing looks great. It does. Uh, so yeah, go to Gen Con, go check it out. This is gonna be the first year. Uh, I've been to Gen Con a couple of times, but I'd always go and just play Hero Clicks. But since I'm just not really doing that anymore, I'm actually gonna go to the hall. I'm gonna demo some games. There's some games I backed on Kickstarter that are gonna be there that you can, you know, try to demo the games. Like, hey, I backed this. Let me see how the game plays. So I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna be a good time and such. So, uh, but Steve, how are you doing this week? I'm doing. How was Horror Realm? I'm doing quite all right. Just got back from Horror Realm, which is a great horror convention in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, they treat me very well. I'm always a special guest there. They screen my movies. I give them my premieres most of the time. Great convention. This one, uh, this one was rougher than any other show. It's okay. It happens. Uh, Sandy and Rich and uh, Michelle, you know, the people that run it, uh, they weren't exactly sure why it was so slow. You know, they had a very good, solid response to, you know, their ads and their guest announcements. And like, it was a very similar response that they had to their March shows ads, Mm-hmm. which was packed. You know, the March show was the busiest horror realm that I've ever seen in my life, and this was the most dead horror realm that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, so yeah, it could have been better, but it also could have been worse. See, that's one of the upsides with the fact that uh, this one is in Pittsburgh, is that if I have a really bad horror realm, I lost $50. Yeah. Versus if I have a bad cinema wasteland, uh, I'm out hundreds, and if I have a bad con in another state, I'm out potentially thousands. Yeah, depending on how much the, the, the booth space at a con is. Booth, travel, the hotel, yeah, the whole exactly. shebang. Whole shebang. Uh, but otherwise, it was still a fun show. You know, it was still fun. We hung out with a bunch of people. We chatted with a bunch of people. I got to sit next to and have a great weekend with the very talented Andre Gower, who is Sean from Monster Squad. And he has been in a bunch of other stuff, too. Uh, very friendly, funny guy, great joking with. His wife was absolutely wonderful and just a blast and it was just it was a good weekend and it was good to meet him and we talked about a new genre of horror films that we need to create which is called the splasher genre Uh so the first movie is going to be about a killer mermaid uh the second movie is going to be about a man that just throws hot water at people he's the scalder (laughs) you should have a movie called the wet bandits (laughs) and i I totally do a wet bandits movie uh, yeah, but those yeah the interview and the one with uh, Michael Baldwin should be up by the time people are listening to this episode, so they can uh, check check those out for sure. Check those out if you're a fan of Monster Squad or Phantasm. We talked to a couple of the guys that are uh, part of those movies, and Andre, like yeah. I said, was this super classy guy, and I cannot say enough nice things about him. So check out those. Check out his interview, and then check out Michael Baldwin's interview. One of these things is not like the other. One of these... Things just Things doesn't belong. That doesn't belong. <laughs> uh, we'll save that for another time. Don't want to bear anybody right now. Nope. So uh, that sounds like a great time. So I'm glad, so glad that that went, went down. 
pretty well uh, from your, your pictures and stuff you're kind of talking about. It sounds like Horror Realm was a good time. It was a good time. That's good to hear. Good to hear. So I hope, but I, I do hope they're are they doing another show in March. Uh, yes, the next show will be in March, and it seems like their March shows always generally are is the better show of the year. They have two a year. They've always had one in March, and previously they used to have the one in fall, but they moved it to summer because they felt like there was less around. Mm-hmm. Um, but even when it was in fall, it's always seemed like the March shows are busier. And Rich, lipping uh, in on some insider knowledge of the guests that are showing up in March, and hot damn. And I mean that, like, hot damn, as a fan of the franchise that they are getting several actors from, my favorite horror franchise, my favorite horror franchise, a few different people from a few different movies. That sounds pretty exciting. Um, that's, uh, that's some, some insider knowledge that, uh, you know... I'm talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, you pieces of shit. If you guys uh, buy all of Steve's movies, he will, you know, I was trying to lead into them buying your films and then you can tell them the an- what the answer oh. to your, your stuff was unless your favorite horror franchise was you know um, Puppet Master or something I don't know. Mean, mean Girls <laughs> Mean Girls <laughs> uh, or, or um, I don't know fuck uh, Ghoulies <laughs> the Ghoulies yeah you're absolutely right everyone loves the Ghoulies <laughs> made a lot, or House they made a couple of those movies they should, they should remake House, but have it star Hugh Laurie. <laughs> That'd be amazing. If I had the money for that, I'd do it. Fuck yeah. And everyone's like, oh, like the doctor. I'm like, no, it's a, it's a haunted house. <laughs> no, it's totally just a haunted house. It's a remake of House. It's starring Hugh Laurie. <laughs> it's not called House MD, you dumb fucks. What the fuck do you want? <laughs> fucking idiots. You fucking rat bitches. So let's get uh, into some movie news. Let's get some movie news. We got some cheery shit this week. Uh, some short but sweet bits. Um, so more Ghostbusters news. Apparently, there's a big rumor flying around again, sparked up again that uh, some they were looking to do. Well, I, as a, I guess as a parallel to Paul Feig's uh, Ghostbusters film, like it's been touted that, it was, that Sony was going to do another, you know, all male Ghostbusters reboot with uh, Chris Pratt and Channing Tatum. Ivan Reitman came out and said, no, 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 Everything right now is just focused on Paul Feig's Ghostbusters, and that all stuff's kind of poppycock, so. Yeah. Yeah. Which, even then, I, I, yeah, Chris Pratt I'd be fine with. I don't, I don't know. Maybe Channing Tatum. I don't know how I feel about Channing Tatum being in a Ghostbusters film. Well, I mean, Channing Tatum, when he's funny, is hilarious. I do think that. So I think he could work in a comedy film like that. You know, I guess this is my problem. I still have this mindset that... And again, it's the problem with the who was in the first film, where I feel like it needs to be more, like, blue-collar, schlubby dudes. No, I do agree with that, yeah. Like, in terms of, like... Chris Pratt can play that, obviously, because he spent most of his life being a schlubby dude. Right, absolutely. But I, I don't have much faith in Jane Tatum. Yeah, he's too handsome. Yeah, exactly. He's just, he's just too handsome. I still say... I mean, I would just wish... I guess my dream thing right now is still just them going with maybe an extreme Ghostbusters route. Just have Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson be the old old class and having to bring in new people to help them. That would be the best fucking just thing. Be like, hey, Vankman uh, and Dana left. They Vankman uh, retired. Um, be real about it. Say Egon. Egon you know, passed. They, he died. He passed away. Yeah, they did that. In Blues Brothers. They played off the fact that hey, you know, you know, 
uh, Belushi died, so they played that off in that in Blues Rose 2000, and so they can do the same thing here. Just play like, hey, Egon isn't with us, so it's just us. Mm-hmm. We just can't handle this any, you know, right now. We need to get some new people. Then just go from there. My- Have Sam Hain be the villain, and you're set. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Cisco Davis Jr. actually did a really short little Ghostbusters fan film. And it was really solid, but he did it in the sense that it was Janine's daughter, and Janine went missing, but they he also just classy referenced the fact that, you know, Spen- Dr. Spengler uh, passed away. And that's all you need to do. Like In, the, in, his, in his canon, did he have Janine with uh, Egon or Janine with Lewis? I do honestly forget. Oh, I, I always preferred, and I know the, the cartoon series, Real Ghostbusters went that more that route with Janine and Egon. I never really cared for the Janine-Lewis... <laughs> route they took it into. Uh, I didn't mind it because it was, uh, Janine was hot for Egon in the first film, and since it was kind of unreciprocated, I could see her just moving on. And Lewis also, it makes sense for the character, but I would be happy with Janine with either of those guys, because Janine is a very hot lady. Love that voice. Yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, obviously Sony needs to talk to us. We can write a better, uh, Ghostbusters film. Uh, we know what's going on. Yeah. We'll make a show for the real Ghostbuster fans <laughs> and the extreme Ghostbusters fan, not so much the movie fans. Exactly. Let's do that. Well, no, I first I want to do um, Ghostbusters. I want to do a Ghostbusters movie uh, with two women and a female gorilla. <laughs> the all-women Ghostbusters. Uh, I, I, I would, I'm really wondering... I wonder if Asylum or someone's going to pick up the rights to Filmation's Ghostbusters... And make like a like a not a movie, so when that when Paul Feigs comes out, people in the stores will be confused and buy it. Wrong one. Uh, it cause all that confusion again. I the they'd be idiots not to. Uh, honestly, I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised someone isn't developing a Ghostbusters movie to compete with us. I need to call that company and talk to them. And yeah, because I'm somebody needs to. I need to sell out. I for the money. I don't care. Let's do this. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, moving on. Uh, short bit of news. Um, uh, the Bourne's Born Identity series. I only saw, ever saw the first one. I never saw the other ones. But I might watch, need to watch part five because apparently Tommy Lee, G- Tommy Lee Jones has apparently been signed on to play a uh, yes. character in that. And I love Tommy Lee Jones, so I will be there to check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so. uh, completely agreed. I always love seeing Tommy Lee Jones in films. And that's pretty much all I have to say about that. I just really like seeing Tommy Lee Jones in movies. And the first Bourne film was really good. And I've heard good things about the other ones. I just don't care enough. Yeah, that's the same problem I have. Uh, like, oh, okay. I have nothing against Matt Damon. Yeah, I, um, like, Damon's a people, great. A lot of people do for some reason. I, I don't know why. I don't know why either. Matt Damon's fucking fantastic. I thought so. so. Uh, that's exciting. So I might get my butt into a theater to see a movie. I haven't seen the other four movies for. Perfect. Hey, you know what? This shit has worked for the Fast and the Furious franchise. My theory is still being true. Mm-hmm. The fourth and fifth, uh, fourth movies of series. That's what changes gears. Things get different from here on out. No, you're absolutely uh, right. Uh, I watched uh, for a quick, quick point. I watched Transformers: Age of Extinction again the other, the other day. Still great, still great movie. I need to rewatch that. You see, because that Age of Extinction is really weird for me because I completely, one thousand percent agree and feel that it's objectively the best Transformers movie. But I. I just have, like, such a small urge to rewatch it. It's just weird. For some reason, I love Revenge of the Fallen, as dog shit as that movie was. For some reason, it just makes me feel like a kid. 
Uh-huh. Um, Age of Extinction didn't do that, but again, objectively, the best Transformers movie by fucking uh, far. It doesn't feel as long as it did in the theaters. Okay, cool. In the theater, I, obviously, I think I, I agreed. It was too long. Two hours and 45 minutes. A bit too long. At home, when I could just pause it and get up or something, because there's a couple, there's like a halfway point, you can easily just pause and walk away. Mm-hmm. And I, or even if you don't, even if you just want to sit down and watch it, I think it has a good rewatchability in that pack. I'm not saying you need to rewatch it every month, but I think it's been long enough. A good rewatch is, is, is fine. So check that out. Um, some DC movie news kicking off here. Uh, apparently, Wonder Woman is going to start shooting this fall. Just, Justice League is going to be shooting next spring. It's going to be fantastic. Um, I am. I can't wait to be out of town uh, shooting that as Snapper Car. It's going to be fantastic. It's not going to happen. Everyone keep tweeting Zack Snyder that Steve Rosinski needs to play Snapper Car. I just want him to be so annoyed that he gives in. Uh, let's see. Now, who's on it right now? It's uh, Patty Jenkins is currently on board directing. Um, and then uh, part of this news also, I put it down here dumbly, uh, in the wrong for us. Uh, Chris Pratt is official. Obviously, I think it's official. I don't know if it's official before. Now it's official. He's in Wonder Woman. You mean Chris Pratt? I Pine? imagine... Uh, I'm sorry, there's peas there. Chris Pine, my apologies. Chris Pine is, is officially on for Wonder Woman. Pl- I'm assuming playing Steve, uh, Steve Taylor. Mm-hmm. Steve Trevor. Trevor, sorry, Trevor. No problem. Sorry, uh, Taylor is uh, a character in Planet of the Apes. Uh, so Steve Trevor, Steve Trevor. I assume that's the route they're going with that. So that'll be interesting to see where they what they do there. Mm-hmm. Or or he's playing Ares. Or maybe he's playing Mr. Mind. <laughs> Jesus, Mr. Mind. Or or uh, or uh, the the midget um, mentalist. Uh, what was that guy's name? Shit. I'm not Jimmy Max Lord. Not Max Lord. No, no. The the, the guy was it was a short fellow that could like mind control people. Um, I don't remember who you're talking about. I know. I know. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I think. I hope someone remembers who I'm talking about. But anyways. Um, yeah, so, uh, whatever, yeah. Wonder Woman, still look, looking forward to that. It's going to kick ass. I, I still have a lot of faith in Gail Godot, especially from, like, the two seconds of footage from Dawn of Justice. Mm-hmm. It's just badass. Oh, absolutely. And then uh, Justice League is going to be sh- uh, shooting in the spring. for It's uh, tw- coming out in November 17, 2017. Part 2 in 2019. Man, just a whole bunch of cool stuff coming out. So much cool stuff. I'm so excited. I really yeah. am. And I, the total fanboy, I'm so excited. Yep. I, I, offer, I mean, these movies are gonna make money. I like. I see a lot of people shitting on it. Like, people might not even like Yoko though. I'm like, no, they will. They'll go see it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, come on, <laughs> come on, guys. It's gonna be great. Uh, now, big news this week. Everyone's talking about uh, Mark Hamill will, will be voicing the Joker in Batman: The Killing Joke. Yes, the animated film from DC anim- uh, DC animated films stuff. They mm-hmm. make things things stuff. Uh, I have two points on this. One, I'm not sure if I want Mark Hamill voicing the Joker in The Killing Joke. And two, they're making an animated Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, be interesting. I mean, they, they've done The Dark Knight Returns and stuff. And those, uh, from what I've seen of those, those, those stuck pretty, you know, grim and violent and stuff. So I'm not worried about the content. But I just don't know if I can ex- see Mark Hamill's voice coming out of that particular Joker. I can, um, but mainly I feel that uh, Hamill has always done a really good job of really tapping into the Joker's emotions mm-hmm. more so than the personality. Like, 
Uh, I feel like Hamill's the only one that can laugh as the Joker, and all of his laughs have different meanings. Um, it's good. Very fair point. Very fair. Uh, so uh, I don't necessarily think he's like the be all end all Joker. I know there's a lot of people on the internet that's just like, why the fuck is anyone else even bothering to be the Joker? I think that's dumb. Yeah, um, really. But I do feel that uh, Hamill does kind of live up to the hype. I mean, he's not necessarily the only, but he's one of the best, if not potentially the best, just based on what I feel he can do with his range with the character. Um, I like John DiMaggio as a Golden Age Joker from Brave and the Bulls. I really like John DiMaggio as the Joker, as the Golden Age Joker. He was great, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I even liked, uh, who was the guy that voiced him in uh, the Red Hood movie? I'm not sure. I forget, but he was more of like kind of a gangster joker, and that's also worked really well. But he definitely would not work for the killing joke. Yeah. Like I think I think Mark is the nice balance of both being fun and funny and crazy and terrifying. Yeah, I know in the uh Batman Beyond film, Return of the Joker, he's pretty good in that. Yeah, so um I c- obviously so I could see why you would be unsure, but I do feel that uh I feel Hamill's gonna knock it out of the park. What? I look forward to hearing Hamill's voice as he's taking pictures to a Barbara Gordon who's writhing in pain. Absolutely. I want that. I want that. And then that. him taunting uh, Commissioner Gordon. Yes, and she has to be naked. Oh, yeah. I I hope they go that route. <laughs> they go, like, full hard, like, NC-17 on this fucking Oh, my God, that'd thing. be amazing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I, I have faith. The only problem I think they run into is they can't go too hard because I'm undoubtedly there's gonna be some mom who doesn't know what she's doing and will buy that for her kid. Oh absolutely. Yeah it's gonna I think it's at best we're gonna be getting a hard PG thirteen. Yeah, I agree. Which is fine, I get it, but I wish it would it was at least an R rated one. But then yeah, again they didn't even show that much stuff in the graphic novel itself, so Nope. It, but obviously you can you can do it you can probably go some places for sure. It's more about the implications that are more unsettling than it is the visuals. Mm-hmm. So I yeah I look forward to seeing what happens. That I really like uh, DC animated uh, movies. They I like how they just go here's a story. Let's do a movie on it. All sorts of stuff. It's been cool. Uh, so um, animated movie troll, The Rise of Harry Potter Junior is coming. The movie everyone has been asking for. Hey, you motherfuckers! Y'all want another Harry Potter movie? Well, here's the original Harry. Here's the original Harry Potter motherfucker. Suck my dick. <laughs> Oh, uh, I want that to be the tagline of the film. Suck my dick. <laughs> no, here's the original Harry Potter, suck my dick. I hope they can get Daniel Radcliffe to voice a character. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> really funny. Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't know why they're doing this. Why are they doing this? I don't know. I mean, I, I know the director has been trying to make another troll movie for years. I know mm-hmm. that. I remember reading him doing, like, casting calls for Harry Potter Jr., in, like, fucking 2007. Yep. So, clearly, doing a live-action sequel is behind him, and now he's moving on to a 3D animated sequel, which hopefully will be at least on par with the George Lucas 3D animated se- feature film that came out in December. Who mattered so much? I don't even remember the title. Yep. Cool stuff. Super cool. Uh, it's going to be a movie and a legend, and apparently also an animated series. Which will probably be the exact same quality of animation, which means the movie's going to be low-quality shit, probably. Probably. Um, but hey, whatever. I mean, the original Troll was fine, but it's never moved past a small cult status. And even then, I feel like Troll 2 is way more famous than Troll 1, for better or for oh, yeah. worse. Oh, yeah. Just because it's such a bad fucking movie. Absolutely. 
So, and then it, uh, you know, that's the problem with this. I mean, I know, I just no matter what, I don't think this will be any good. I mean, I mean, obviously, I mean, Troll is not good of a movie either. Honestly, yeah, it was fine. That was that's my positive review. Is it's fine. Put a, put a Starburst in the back of that movie. <laughs> it's fine, says Steve Rosinski. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's, it's interesting. I'm sure it'll get some headlines. And, you know, I, honestly, I bet you it will actually sell really well because people who are so into that uh, good, bad, you know, flicks kind of culture will seek it out and just pick it up out of curiosity. I am curious to see it, if only for the fact that the original creator... Um, I forget his name, but the original writer-director of the first film has been fighting to make another troll movie for all these years. And I feel like if you're that passionate about it, there's a reason. So yeah. so I am curious to see what they do with it. So maybe sure. it's good. Maybe it'll be good. I don't know. Or maybe... Yeah, might if, make it in earnest, but I don't think people are, con- are going to consume it in earnest. No. And I feel bad for him on that, that, that path. For sure. But so. curious to see it, so... Yeah, absolutely. So we'll check that out when something else that. Uh, some more Tron 3 news uh, Bruce Bo- Boxliner is quoted as saying I'm done with it I've moved on so I imagine he's not going to be pushing for it anymore if it happens it happens but you know whatever yep. yeah I think that's really it I know some people are going to be re- are going to read that and they're going to be afraid that Bruce either Tron 3 is never ever going to happen or that Bruce is not going to be Tron anymore and I definitely don't think it's the second one I like we j- like Bill just said I think it's literally just a case of he's not worrying about it He's not fighting for it to happen. He's not bringing it up, you know. It's out of his hands, but based on the fact that he was in Tron 2.0, he was in Tron Legacy, he was in the Tron Legacy video game, he was in Tron Uprising, the TV show, he was in Kingdom Hearts 2, he was in Kingdom Hearts for the 3DS. He Every time. Every single time Tron has existed, Bruce has been Tron. I have no fear of Bruce playing Tron in the future, you know? No yeah. fear. It, it would be so fucking weird for him to agree to be Tron in all these little tiny things and then turn it down for the big budget Tron 3 that will eventually happen. Yeah. So. I think, um, as some people have been bringing up, it's uh, Tomorrowland didn't do very well, and Disney, while it owns Marvel and Star Wars, all this stuff, probably doesn't see much reason. And plus, considering the fact they're going to make mountains of money on the live action remakes of all their Disney, their animated, you know, Disney princess movies and everything. Why take any sort of a risk with another Tron film? Mm-hmm. They could just rake in money, use that money for other efforts and, you know, and stuff like that. So it's sad for people who are fans of Tron and that stuff, but I, it, I guess in the current climate it's just realistic on, on Disney's part. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure Sure, Kingdom Hearts 3 will have something with Tron in it, and Bruce Boxleitner will be there. I just would hate the fact if he maybe he passed, and then Disney decided to do a third Tron movie. And it's like, oh good, Bruce has been here all these all this time, and you guys could have done something. Yeah. And you guys didn't. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, thanks dudes. That's awesome. Or, 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 or Jeff Bridges, if something happens with him. Because I know a lot of the rumor for like, a third film is the whole more, you know, Flynn stuff, and all this other stuff. And, yeah. Ah, cool. So, there's that. Uh, Moving on to the last bit of things here. Channing Tatum is uh, rumored to be walking away from Gambit. Apparently he's had some... He's been angrily... uh, Or threatening to walk away from stuff being reported right now and all sort of stuff for the project. Let me look into my crystal ball. Fox has a shitty script and Channing doesn't want to do that. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Like, 
because he has been all about being Gambit. He's been super promoting Gambit. He's been wearing Gambit t-shirts. He's all about being fucking Gambit. So if this late in the game, he's threatening to walk away, based on Fox's fucking history with this property, it must be dog shit. That's entirely and like, he's like, can we please make this not dog shit? And Fox is like, whoa, go fuck yourself, buddy. We're making this, because who gives a fuck? And he's saying, okay, I'm going to go now. Because I have enough money to not give a shit, which I respect. Yeah. Pretty high budget. Uh, $150 million in this film. So mm-hmm. Fox is clearly banking on it. Although I think that's a lot of money to make on a Gambit film, but. Uh, a lot. Without it turning into the Wolverine shit show. Yeah, seriously. So that's, uh. That's interesting. We'll see what happens there. The film is supposed to come out next year, so. Mm hmm. <laughs> Uh, they're very good on that. Uh, and the last bit of news that came out this week, uh, Marvel and Netflix uh, are going to be producing a new TV series, new Marvel-based television series for them every six months. That sounds like the best idea. Yeah, I think my first response to this, and I posted on Facebook, uh, was that how does this not lead to burnout for people? Mm-hmm. Uh, I get, I get it. If you like the shows, which I heard Daredevil was very good, not not not, not docking that. It honestly was, um, and you know, as the DC fanboy that I'm sure everyone out in podcast land thinks I am, uh, the Daredevil show was fantastic. So I just feel like if there's a there has to be there's always a point where too much of a good thing is bad. So you're not only are you getting two to three Marvel films every year. You're also going to get two TV series, and then who knows what they're doing on, if they're going to try to produce any more animated shows, plus anything Fox puts out, plus, you know, all this stuff, it's just, I, it's, it's interesting to me how this doesn't lead to burnout. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like sometimes I keep hearing from people just on the, mar- the regular Marvel movies and things like that, and then on top of this, so you want to have every six months be, here's a new show, here's a new show, here's a new show. Mm-hmm. I, and also keeping quality up and making sure you don't, you know, all sorts. It's just it's a whole mountain of issues here that I don't. I think there's a too much of a want for a quick turnaround, a quick buck, without long term planning and long term uh, thinking about what what this means for your company and for your product. Mm-hmm. So uh, who knows what happens there? I think what's on the docket now? Obviously, Daredevil season two. A.K. Jessica Jones. Is that going to be a t- network series or is that Netflix? I believe that's also Netflix. Okay, I thought so. I couldn't imagine for sure. Uh, um, I had to think for a second. Seems like seems like a D- Marvel, all they have is fucking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. D- DC has a Supergirl coming out. They have Arrow. They have Flash. They have the other show. Um, Heroes of Tomorrow. Here's Tomorrow. And there's, they're making like a Vixen animated series. Mm-hmm. They're really going out. DC's going out, but Marvel, I don't know why they can't seem to get any more network television presence. Yeah, I don't know. Well, part of it is probably Disney. Uh, they don't yeah. They don't want any of their show. Excuse me. They don't want any of their shows on a rival network. They own NBC. No, they own ABC. I meant to say ABC. I'm sorry. Why, why don't they just put more shows on ABC? I agree, uh, but then they may feel like uh, they don't want to put that much money into sh- just that kind of show for that kind of network. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't been doing that hot. And part of that is because it's not that good of a show. Because yes, it's yes. it's bound by the rules of the movie universe, I feel. Mm-hmm. Again, again, if Flash took place in the DC Cinematic Universe, we would not have had uh, Professor Zoom in this season. We wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Um, I like the fact that the shows can do what they want. Yeah, that's really cool. 
Uh, I, again, well, someday, someday I'll catch up on all the shows. I've heard good things about Arrow and such. I just need to get on that. Um, yeah, I still need to figure out the pricing models. I don't understand how people make their money back on Netflix stuff. Because they put a lot of money in these television shows. I don't know how they're making money on it. Yeah. I, I, just, I just don't, because obviously there's no ads on Netflix. Netflix must just be giving them so much fucking money. Maybe that billion dollars they're putting into original programming was all for Marvel. No, it's for Marco Polo Season 2. No one wanted Marco Polo Season 1. I want Marco Polo, the Doctor Who story. BBC should uh, finally release that instead of holding it hostage. They should. Hey, we're, speaking of which, we're about due for another Lost episode find rumor to start kicking up. Where, when you get, when you, where's Philip Morris and all those guys? Where are they at? They got they kicked up something. Mm-hmm. Last I heard was everybody has everything. They just won't release it because no one likes Stephen Moffat. <laughs> That was the last rumor I heard. <laughs> uh, which wouldn't surprise me a bit. So, that's all that. Uh, Netflix, we'll see what happens there. I don't have Netflix, never will, so. I have it, I like it, but it's definitely destroyed people buying physical media, which is great for my career. Yay. Yay, well just sell your movies on Netflix, or put it on put it on YouTube. Put it on YouTube for free. Put it on YouTube for free. Hey, you know what, if Netflix dealt with filmmakers directly, I might be interested in selling my films to Netflix, you know, a couple years down the road. But instead of embracing independent creators like I thought Netflix would have done slash could have done, they've continued the studio distribution out-of-date fucking model. Mm-hmm. So, fuck. Yeah, it's just silly. It's, but no, Netflix is great! Did, uh, I can just watch uh, Home Improvement! Uh... <laughs> I love that that's the show you went to. <laughs> I don't even know if Netflix has home improvement, but more episodes. You did it. More power. <laughs> oh, that's that was way better. Good job, Bill. I'm proud of you. I'm, I mastered my Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> real quick, I'm gonna go do coke real quick and get arrested. Perfect. Let's do this. Uh, it's the clause in my contract. The Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's get off that bullshit and move on to something really important. That's Jason Statham. Jason Statham, the greatest actor of our time. Of our time. Uh, certainly our modern-day action star, and he's the best. Uh, we continue on this magical journey with him. We're still in the year 2008. We are looking at first... I, I want to apologize for people who watched last week... Watch, listen to last week's episode. Uh, I... I and I also apologize to Steve many times because I kept forgetting <laughs> what movies you're watching. First, I thought it was The Bank Job and Safe. And I fucked that up. Then I told him that we're watching today. Actually, you already know because you've looked at the episode listing. Uh, we're watching The Bank Job and Death Race. And I said, oops, I fucked that up too. It's supposed to be The Bank Job and Transporter 3, I believe. And then it's like, nope. Which I guess I looked at IMDb. That was correct. I fucked up again. But that's fine. That means next episode is Crank 2 and, and Transporter 3. You better buckle the fuck up for that episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it is. Uh, but we're here on the bank job today. The bank job uh, from February, uh, March, oh, sorry, UK's release date was February 2008. Yes, it's March 2008. Um, IMDb has this film. Uh, it's a bank job, 2008, rated R, uh, from Roger Donaldson. Uh, Mar- Mar- what the fuck? <laughs> okay, I got Okay, I don't know what these words mean. Mar- okay, it's a character's name. Shit, I couldn't tell. Yeah, it is a character's name. Duh, I'm a fucking idiot. 
God damn it. Uh, um, whoever edits this episode, cut it out. That's me. I won't do it. <laughs> Martine offers Terry a leave for, on a foolproof bank hit on London's Baker Street. She targets a room full of safe deposit box worth millions in cash and jewelry. But Terry and his crew don't realize that the boxes also contain a treasure trove of dirty secrets. Secrets that will thrust them into a deadly web of corruption and illicit scandal. Ooh. Uh, that summary makes it seem like the bulk of the film is the the aftermath of them robbing the bank when that's not the case i'd say the second half of the movie is the aftermath a little bit but i don't know something that makes me think like the first 15 minutes was a bank ride oh no yeah yeah yeah, no no definitely not like the 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 remake with mark Wahlberg is what i'm thinking yeah i'd say it's about 50 50 uh, it definitely at least when i watched it it felt like the first half of the movie is about the actual bank job and the second half of the movie is about the holy fuck and that's shit. Yeah, shit. Fuck shit. Damn. Fuck. God damn. Sandblaster. Shit. Uh, yeah. So this is the bank job. I think the it kind of sums it up uh, well enough uh, from there. Jason Statham plays Terry Leather, who is a mechanic working in a garage. He owes money. Some he has has some debt to some mobsters. Apparently, uh, he he has a uh, childhood friend. Uh, uh, sorry, Maritine Love, played by Saffron Burroughs. Who comes in with a deal that she has come into contact with to rob a bank? So she, um, she apparently has gotten in trouble with the government, but they want to get some incriminating evidence uh, of uh, they apparently a princess uh, out of the hands of Michael X, who's a black civil rights gangster leader dude in in in, in uh, England. And uh, so she gets those photos for the the government. They let her off, and then obviously they get to keep all the spoils as they think. So she gets recruits Jason Statham. He recruits his friends. They set off on the journey to rob a bank, and they do so only to have some um, scrupulous, uh, nasty people come after them. Because uh, when they steal that, they rob the bank. They also rob a lot of other evidence of other uh, mobsters and people who want their stuff back, which is never a good thing to steal from the mob. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 the general gist, I believe, of the bank job. Uh, so let's get into our positive, Steve. Uh, I guess uh, general. Wait, first off, what did you think of the bank job? And like, let's get into some positive thoughts about it. Uh, I thought it was a really solid film. Um, uh, one of my favorite aspects of the film was Jason Statham's relationship with his wife and daughter. Yes, uh, I thought that was really cool. I felt that they they felt like a real relationship, which I really appreciated. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I always appreciate in Statham's films. Uh, he is very good when when it does come up when when it's part of the role. If he's that that father, that that family man, he it comes off very naturally and very well. Yeah, I think anyways. Uh, so I I liked that a lot. Um, and I liked the supporting cast of characters. It felt it almost felt like a ensemble film, except I don't think any of the actors are big names that I can think nope. of, uh, unless they're nope. like fucking huge in the UK, and I just don't know. From what I know, I mean, I'd never seen him before. Yeah, so. ditto, so, but it felt like that. It felt like every character was like built up to be like their own cool thing with what they do, and I like that a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, for es- sure. Especially with, the yeah. subplot with the guy having a huge cock. <laughs> it's just a little bit, but it works really well. <laughs> Which obviously it works in well, because that's how the one mobs really steals stuff for and recognizes him and knows to go to him. Yeah. So it actually, all, everything kind of goes together. You think it's some weird little bit, but actually, and later on, it's like, oh, okay, that's. Yeah. It goes together really well. Yeah, that was the other yeah, thing. Like, sure. there's there's a lot of puzzle pieces in this film, a lot more than you would assume, and it all fits together brilliantly. I thought so too. Yeah, for sure. It, it 
And so it, it might seem uh, by the end, if you don't, if you just like watch it, not you know paying super close, it might seem like oh, it's just a you know heist movie, or whatever. But it, it's still pretty smart, and it's in its um, execution. I thought, anyways. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So um, I guess we uh, some other. So let's just jump into. I think I think I agree with you on our general thoughts. General thoughts on that. Positives. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie opens right on boobs. Oh yeah. I really appreciate the nudity in this movie. Mm-hmm. It had it. Was not afraid to go with it. There was a scene where there was full frontal uh, female nudity, and it was right there. <laughs> right there. And I, I, I feel like, especially modern films uh, that try to go for some nudity, try to skirt away from uh, female bush. This film was like, nope, did not. This is go for it, and I'm like, oh, you know, I respect you a lot. Thank you. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um. Other positives, Jason Statham, again, I feel is great. I think, like you said, he's always great in that father figure role, family man. Uh, there's good chemistry with him and, and, the, and the actors playing his wife, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. Everything felt real. Like, when they're fighting about stuff, it feels real. I always appreciate films that can go that route and make sure to get that bit right. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. Um, I really enjoyed the torture scene, because they used a sandblaster. Oh yeah, and that's terrifying. <laughs> this the this is shot of the, the one guy demonstrating the sandblaster on like a wooden cabinet. Yep, as this cabinet is just dissolving, <laughs> and it's like oh okay oh oh, and then they use it on the guy's leg, and it looked really good. I like the film. The film isn't super violent, but when it is, it's it's effective. Absolutely, yeah. It's very uh, brief when they get that deep, but when they do, like uh, when the. Uh, fake black rights guy, and I say fake because he's just a fucking psychopath that wants to kill people, uh, kills yeah. the spy? Holy shit. Yeah, it's a pretty intense scene. And as I say, like, it's, um... You know, I'm trying to think, yeah, because I don't think there's, like, a because obviously when they, they shoot Dave in the face, uh, it's more like a flash cut, you don't see, like, his brain explode everywhere. Um, so I, it's one of those films where, yeah, it's rated R, but it's mostly for nudity and language. Mm-hmm. I think definitely yep. more than anything. I'm willing to bet that some stuff got cut out to get to the R. Mm, so I don't know. It, nothing feels like it. I I, th- I admit. It, I think yeah. I think just the language and the nudity gives it the R, and like the brief bits of violence. Mm-hmm. That, that's that. I mean, just hell, just nudity. That much nudity gets you an R rating. You could just have no cursing whatsoever. Just having tits and bush will give you an R rating. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So I mean, yeah. So I mean, but it's one of those things. If you see the R rating, you might be expecting. Mm-hmm. I don't know, more violence, and that's not necessarily there. Um, trying to look here. Uh, I like um, the... I don't know, I like the setup. I like them planning out the robbery. I like them doing it. I like the crew they gather. It's, there's still some comedy to it all. I like how they're digging underneath a chicken place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and all that and stuff. they just find, uh, like, an old, like, plague graveyard. Which makes them getting to the vault of the bank a lot easier. I like that it's uh, the film has some good dark comedy. Actually, I think overall the film obviously has some normal like uh-huh, funny parts, but I feel like there's some parts that are pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Dark comedy bits are pretty funny. I thought for sure, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I what well, I think uh, I guess want to move into some negatives, which is not even a super big negative. Um, it's just I, I get because I because it has spill tension, but like when they're in the bank in the vault and the police are showing up, I'm just sitting here like, okay, guys, grab your stuff and run. Grab your stuff and run. Grab your stuff and run. Just grab and go. Go and go. Stop it. Go away. Oh, I don't. Oh, okay, so they can't open the vault. Okay, you're fine. But get out of there. Stop yeah. it. Stop. Doing I, this. I did like know. that moment of it's a time to lock, so we can't get in. 
<laughs> I appreciate that's what saves their ass is security. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was pretty funny. I think probably probably. I mean, but I think that's. I think they factored that into their plan. I couldn't remember. I don't think they did. I think it just happened to work out that way. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's funny. Um, when she first brings uh, uh, Statham's characters, uh, the uh, the um, sorry, the the the, the plan, it comes off seeming like Statham's just this guy. Yo, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so from there, he has to figure out how. He has, if, I think that's kind of. It might be slight oh. negative. It's it, they makes Statham seem like just this guy, and then seems that throughout the film he becomes super and super smart. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I don't know. Like some. Sort of we- a bit weird compared to how the character was presented beforehand. Like he knows to like pull the double cross at the end. That way they don't get caught right away. And like he comes super wise to a lot of stuff. Right. Absolutely. So it's not like a negative. It's that middle area where it's like, okay, I'm not 100 percent sure about this, but it works. It's still fun. It's still Statham being Statham, kicking ass and taking names. Oh, he kicks a lot of ass. It felt really good when not- he got his hands on the guy that killed his friend. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. I, and I, I actually that's another thing I appreciate the film doesn't have a lot of super big action seat pieces and Statham isn't necessarily doing a lot until the end the end bit is when he's really mm-hmm. you know kicking butt absolutely so that, that was kind of cool it's like it's, I was sitting there like oh are you going to see a Statham movie where he really doesn't have like a fight scene because even London had him fighting people yeah <laughs> and, but no it, it, it came up which was really fun that it didn't absolutely um, so were there any negatives you had for the film, or? Um, I'm, generally, not really. I mean, I thought it was a solid film, it worked well, um, everyone's reactions were natural and felt great, uh, the jokes mm-hmm. that needed to be there were funny, uh, it, the tense moments were tense, the small amount of action that they had was fun, and it was a, it was a good film, you know, I guess just, uh, the only negative might be that it wasn't my super cup of tea movie, uh, and I can't even tell you why. I guess, gotcha. yeah, it just wasn't, I wasn't super into it, but, uh, like, from a technical standpoint, it was pretty much perfect. Gotcha, so, what, okay, so what, it wasn't necessarily your cup of tea. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I think, on one on negative, I get, because at the end, because this film is supposedly based on true events, I didn't look into how, on the point they are about stuff, but the one thing I didn't like in the film was that uh, the Digger, Bombus, and then, like, their, like, con man, I think that was uh, Guy Singer, those are the two characters, mm-hmm. uh, they didn't, all of a sudden they're killed. And they I thought I, I thought it was the mob killing them, but apparently they were just random killings. But they wanted to make sure they're in the film, so you know what happened to those characters. Yeah. But it's kind of jarring when they do come up. It's like, oh, so why? Wait, who are these people? Why are they killing them? I'm confused. And at the end of the film, when they do the little text bits, like, oh, the two those two murders were never solved. I'm like, oh, so they're just there's two random murders that happened and mm-hmm. on these two characters that are involved. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. But in the film, it's kind of jarring. Like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> are the, do the mob know these guys and they're murdering them? I. So I don't know about that, but no, yeah. Overall, overall, it was it was my cup of tea. I guess I enjoy I enjoy a good um, heist film. I enjoy I don't know films full of British people. It works for me absolutely. <laughs> uh, so I enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't know if I have anything else to uh, drop on the film, but I uh, I'd recommend it for sure. I think I, would, I I on my star rating, I think I gave it a four because I really enjoyed it. It did its job pretty well, and I thought that's where it dropped for me. Uh, see, I would also give it a four. Even though I didn't, right yeah, even though I didn't love it a lot, uh, it was still a really good movie, and I enjoyed watching it. Just that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No. no yeah. Perfect. That's. It. I think it's perfectly fine. So it, maybe it's uh, not something that's going to stick with you forever, but as long as for the hundred and eleven minutes it entertains you and it stays that way, so that, that's there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. Not all films need to grip you and make you uh, fear 
them for the rest of your life. I'm looking at you, Curly Sue, <laughs> starring Jim Belushi. Perfect. Don't watch that movie. Don't ever watch that movie. That dumb little kid selling me Pepsi. Go fuck yourself. Get the fuck out of my face. You rat bitch. <laughs> uh, so moving on from a film I liked quite a bit uh, to a film I... Let's put it mildly. Um, <laughs> we move on to 2008's Death Race. Uh, rated R, 105 minutes from Paul W.S. Anderson. So already we're on track for a great quality piece of filmmaking here. Yep. Um, hey, he's made a couple good things. Oh, yeah. There are two. Um, Mortal Kombat. Uh, and Event, Event Horizon. Horizon. You know what? I'll give him a thumbs up for the first two Resident Evil movies. I don't. Which is fine. I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> I'm just being yeah. honest. I'll, I've been for, I've probably been, I, I, yeah, Mortal Kombat and Red Horizon. No, no debate, at least, on those two films. Event Horizon, I think, is his grand magnum opus. For sure. I don't think he'll ever be do top Never. Down. Never, ever. Oh, <laughs> uh, not when he keeps making X, uh, sorry, um, Resident Evil films. He should make an X-Men film. At least, you know, at least it'd be different. Honestly, I'd watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> uh, so, Death Race, uh, from 2008, I keep wanting to say Death Race 2000, because this film is clearly trying to be a remake of that, although... It ends up being more of a remake of Running Man, which we'll get into No, that. this is a prequel to Death Race. Uh, Death Race, the 2008 film, takes place in 2012, and it is a prequel to Death Race 2000, which takes place in 2000. Yeah, yeah I just oh, want to sure. put that out there for everyone, because <laughs> that is actually what D- Paul W.S. Anderson said. He is... Wait, repeat. Okay, 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 wait, 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 wait. He actually said this? He says on the DVD commentary... Can you repeat it for me? He says okay. on the DVD commentary that he... Um, made this film, and he feels that this film, the 2008 film, is a prequel to Death Race 2000. Huh. Even though his movie takes place in the year 2012, and Death Race 2000 takes place in the year 2000. Huh. Is that right? Yes. Well, here's a personal message to Paul <laughs> Uh, if anybody's in touch with him, please send him this. I'm sure he gives a shit while he's in his fucking mansion banging Mila Jovovich. Uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, suck my fucking dick, you piece of shit. <laughs> Eat my asshole, you fuck face. God, what a fuck. Ugh, that makes me mad and angry. So, let me read this summary from, from IRDB. I haven't even gotten that fucking far yet, and we're already fuming about this fucking movie. Ex-con Jensen Ames. I like the car. It's not there. I wanted to put that in there. It's in the jokes used a million fucking times in the goddamn movie. Jensen Ames is forced by the warden of a t- notorious prison to compete in our post-industrial world's most popular sport, a car race in which inmates must brutalize and kill one another to, on their road to victory. Huh. Huh. I, I guess that gets it. I don't... They don't... Ex-con. What? They should say inmate. The, 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 the summary makes me mad. Whoever wrote this didn't do a good job. Normally I can laugh it off, but now I'm just like, come on. Didn't even try. So Death Race. Uh, if you've seen... If you saw uh, The Running Man, and you saw Death Race 2000, uh, you've seen this movie. Well, this version has power-ups, though. 
I don't give a shit. That's true. This is probably the only review we're ever going to do here where I'm right off the bat just pissed and I'm just angry. Even, even as Ernest goes to Africa, I tried to be cool about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. Uh, well, so, I did not hate the film as much as Bill. Um, I feel that this movie was better than Death Race 2000. Uh, uh, clearly superior in every way. Um, no, it, get it, the cinematography I thought was top notch. Uh, I see. I know Steve's fun. The editing uh, he ain't gonna fool was, me. I ain't gonna be fooled again. The editing was really tight. I liked how they cut the film a lot. It made you feel like you wanted to throw up watching it, <laughs> um, which is really what I feel Paula Sanderson was going for. You remember in, remember in uh, Problem Child Two or <laughs> Junior like set the like the roller coaster no, the the amusement park ride the twirly ride like really high. Then everyone starts vomiting everywhere. Yeah. That's how I. That's how me and my wife felt watching this fucking movie. I, I. I mean, not me. I don't get bothered that much. But she was like, "I'm about to leave the fucking room." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh well, it's almost over." Oh no, it's not. It's halfway. Shit. <laughs> Fuck. So <laughs> we're jumping all over the place. I apologize, our <laughs> listeners. I know you like hearing people just get mad about movies. Let's just swear for the next 20 minutes and put it on YouTube and get famous. Yeah, 10 minutes. Uh, we'll get a million hits because it works for fucking movie. Bob, suck my dick, you fucking piece of shit uh so jensen ames plays a, like a metal worker in a steel mill he gets laid off that's a big scene i don't know why you think, yeah right? what that oh, scene was he... confusing as fuck so the cops just it's show up assumingly to randomly arrest the steel mill like there's no explanation as to what's happening well and... because the people are causing a fit because they didn't get their full paychecks and so they call the call but the other thing i thought oh so he's gonna get arrested from this and then go to jail. nope no, I guess he fights off the riot. He cops beats the shit just... out of a bunch of cops, then he just goes home on the bus. Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> just so they can, this just just so they can do the hackneyed bullshit plot of, "Oh, my wife is killed. I'm framed. I'm going to jail, and the warden in the jail is the one who sent me here." What? Oh no! I'm in jail! <laughs> and then he has to impersonate the really tough-looking guy that he resembles. <laughs> and then he gets electric that powers. That better if uh, Statham impersonated a more badass Statham. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks around telling people he's Chet Only, yeah, absolutely. Only if, uh, if outside of prison he was, like, uh, a child. If he was a naive child. <laughs> then in prison he became Chet Chelios. I want to see. I want to see uh, Jason Statham reboot. Oh my god, let's do this! I'm going to go to Jason you Statham's know, you, house. You know what I mean, Vern? <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, so, okay, so yeah, uh, he gets sent to prison. Turns out, I guess before he was a steel mill worker, he was a race car driver. A really good one. For some reason, he's not a race car driver anymore. I don't think that was fully cleared why he lost his license. Me neither. I think. Yeah, dead. I think he just stopped racing, or he got into an accident, or something. Yeah, and so the warden wants. Okay, so this okay. This is what pisses me off a lot. Um, I guess we forgot to mention the opening of the film is the opening of the death death race, which uh, apparently in this version of this this film, uh, Tyrese Gibson is playing Machine Go Machine Gun Joe, yeah. who was played by Sylvester Stallone in Death Race 2000 as Joe, Machine Gun Joe Viterbo. Yes. So there's just a race change there in a character. Which is Which, fine. Whatever. Yeah, that's fine. I like Tyrese. It's fine. Yeah, I don't mind a race change in a reboot. You know, like, of the problems this film has, that's not on the list. I just I don't know. I just want to point out, like, it's obviously that that's yes. happening there. 
Uh, which, whatever. I, I guess I shouldn't have brought it up anyways. I, I'm sorry. Why do um, you hate black people and women, Bill? <laughs> I don't want them having my rights. <laughs> uh, sure, sure, I'm sure someone will quote me on that if someone listens to this podcast. Um, so, uh, Tyrese Gibson, who I like. I like a lot. I like his Lenny's and stuff. He's uh, playing Machine Gun Joe in this version of the film, who drives an impractically huge uh, truck with uh, machine guns on it. Get it? And the opening of the film has uh, Frankenstein, the character from Dead Three Two Thousand. I think in this, I think in this opening, he was also voiced by David Carradine, if I remember correctly. It might be the case. I might be mistaken. I, th- I thought that was the case, but uh, yeah, David Carradine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, he was being voiced by David. And Carradine. that is cool. I I like that bit. That's fine. But then they immediately kill Frankenstein. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I, I will, uh, my, one positive I'll say, I do like the costume for Frankenstein. Yes, I do like that a lot. I do like the suit, I do like the mask. And I also like that cool. in the car, they're like, take off the fucking mask so you can see. Because <laughs> yeah. how the like, fuck did this guy it, fight and drive with this mask on? Hey, he was that good. Um, and I do will say that is a, uh, uh, one plus. It, it, the film will get some pluses, but I don't, doesn't at all make up for how shitty a lot of other things is that. They kind of stick with similar thing of Death Race, where Frankenstein always wore a mask and everything. Yeah, and even even hint in the Death Race two thousand that Frankenstein is not Frankenstein. That they have several people who portray Frankenstein when he dies. This film kind of keeps that theme going. Yes. They need to have someone else to take over Frankenstein because he's loved. He's a hero. Blah blah blah. Yeah, people like the Although character. The way this universe, the way this universe works, is kind of stupid. So it doesn't make a lot of Correct. sense how this plan will work long term. <laughs> um. So. Uh, it's just yeah. Ames is a race car driver. She threatens him to race as Frankenstein now because the Frankenstein they had before died. This is this turns into Running Man. Yeah, it's super Running Man. And don't be wrong, like the TV segments and the Running Man man type stuff is actually pretty solid in itself. It's okay, but I, but it's I, not I, Death Race. It's not, that's the thing. Like the film, I guess I don't. Okay, you know where the story's going. He's gonna race. Finds out there's no way off this island. But in this universe, if you win five races, you get set free. They find, guess what? No one ever does, because no one's going to leave, just like Running Man. Everything, beat for beat, becomes Running Man. So I guess we can skip the fucking synopsis. You know the fucking movie already. It's Running Man meets Twisted Metal. Yeah, for sure. Especially the look of the cars. The look of the cars, the fact that they pick up missiles and shit. Yeah, so it's basically uh, Death Race with Running Man with Mario Kart. <laughs> That's way better. Yeah, it's Mario Kart. Yeah, so now, you, now let's get into the, the stuff that kind of pisses me off. Uh, the, the the entire thing about Death Race 2000 is it's a big satire on like reality television, violence in the media, uh, uh, the United States, especially addiction to, to stuff, um, xenophobia... All this sorts of stuff leading into that. Death Race 2000 is a very packed film with tons of political message, message and, you know, like I said, satire, all this stuff. Yes. This film has none of None. It. There is nothing here. They're not trying to make a statement. They're not trying to do anything. The most they do is, we got 70 million viewers. What the fuck does that mean? It means nothing. And Death Race 2000, the entire fucking country watched the, the transcontinental road race. And in Running Man... Running Man, the show, was hugely popular there. And even in Running Man, they got a satire down. The same type of elements that Death Race 2000 have. Again, this film is re- taking these elements from both these films and remaking it. Except you can't call it Running Man. It has to be a Death Race remake, even though it's, again, nothing like Death Race. Except there's a race in which death happens. And it just misses the point. Yeah, it misses everything. the point. That's the thing. That's the most insulting fucking thing about yeah. it. Yeah. 
It, it does not hit upon any of the themes or the morals that the original film had. It's just an sure. action movie with a somewhat similar premise and characters. You can do... You can do the whole Running Man setup to get Statham's character in there to take over Frankenstein. You can do that. Mm-hmm. You can do the power up stuff. You can do how the cars are different. You can do it in the prison. I, I'm okay with the stuff. Yeah, I guess. I but I still I wish it was like. But it needs the bite. It needs the satire. It needs the all this stuff. It needs those core elements that make up both those films. It says it's taking the skeleton of both films, mashing them, but it has no guts. No, no, nothing. No heart to it. Yeah, it has no guts. You're absolutely right. And so, and on top of this, uh, as you mentioned before, I, I, people make this joke a lot like, oh, huh, did you give Michael J. Fox the camera? Did they give Michael J. Fox the fucking camera in this movie? <laughs> There's a part where um, uh, Joan Allen, is that, yeah, jo- uh, yeah, Joan Allen, who's the warden in the film, she's standing center of the frame, talking, and the camera is shifting all over her. Like, she's still in the center, but it's, like, shifting around her up and down all over the fucking place. It's like, why was this necessary? Yeah. Just go fuck yourself. God damn. Yeah. And on top of that, it's edited like horse shit. It's up to, like, a fucking having, it's gonna have an uh, uh, epileptic seizure. Every three seconds, there's a cut. They're in the car. They're up on fucking Statham's face, zooming in back and forth, back and forth, cutting over here, turn the navigator outside. There's a car. They drove over something. Now they're on Machine Gun Joe. Here's this navigator. Here's the 14K Chinese dude. Here's the camera here. Here's the, oh, they drove over. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Fuck off. <laughs> it's frantic and Fucked. Yeah, it, it's it's un, it's practically unwatchable at points. I mean, I don't get affected that much. My wife sure does. I'm sure I know a lot of people that do. They can't handle it. But I can't even begin to imagine watching this movie in a theater. Mm-hmm. It'd be nausea, no, no, nausea inducing. Yeah, that's what I want to say. Um, but and then the, um, the film does have some CG effects. It's 2008. I won't be too harsh, but a lot of times it looks like shit. There are some practical effects I do appreciate. Don't get yes. me wrong. There are a lot of times where cars do crash and do blow up and look great. I do appreciate that. Um, I don't... Uh, I, I guess we can jump back into story stuff. I don't understand why there was this fucking dreadnought thing. That, that felt like a whole built-up thing that lasts five minutes and is dealt with and it has no consequence on anything else in the story. Yeah, it didn't need to be there at all. It was just there to be a thing. Yeah. Uh, 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 John Connor was weird in this movie, but I think that actor's weird. I think he... <laughs> yeah, he has a weird he has face. A weird he's, face. Like, he's almost like... Uh, I'm he sure, looks uh, like um, the guy from The Mask, not the funny one. The sad one. Oh, Jamie... T- uh, not Jamie, um, um shit. Damn like, it, his, uh, his chin this. is small... Oh, The Mask. Okay, sorry, not The Mask Mask. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, like... No, he looks like Robert Zadar. He's almost... He's like halfway of being Robert Zadar chin. Mm-hmm. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, it's just, and he's an okay actor, I guess, but I don't know. I just, whenever he tries, to, whenever they try to make him menacing, I don't take him seriously because he's just not menacing at all. He, you know, no offense to the actor, because this is how the, this role gets cast a lot. He looks like he should be playing a pedophile. Yes, yes, he should. But no, no, I, I do apologize to the actor on that, but it, that's just the kind of people they cast for those roles. Um,. Another thing I didn't like, like it's indicative of Paul W. Sanderson's films, and a lot of times I, and I, and it's, I guess it makes sense for the film. I feel like the film is just I, sexist is the word mm-hmm. I guess. I hate I hate scenes where it's like, oh, here are the hot ladies. Let's play a shitty fucking sexy lady song, a hip hop song when they're getting out. Look at them, they're hot. Ah, I like, thought it was kind of dumb, but 
and, and hear me out for the full thought on this, please. Um, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I thought go when it was first used, it kind of made sense because it's also like how all these male prisoners are seeing them. You know, mm-hmm. these horned up, I haven't yeah. seen a woman in God knows how long, male prisoners are like, oh my god, yes, everything. Um, so when I thought it was that, it came off as kind of satire. It came off as a joke, and I liked it. But then he literally reused it exactly when What's-Her-Face comes mm-hmm. back at the end of the film, and I'm just like, oh no, that wasn't meant as a joke at all. He was... Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. Like, that's what, like, at first, when I first saw him, I'm just like, ah, ha, 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 I get it, that's great. And then he reused it, and I'm just like, oh no... That wasn't a joke. You just actually were like, "Yay, sexy ladies!" Yeah, it's it's entirely in earnest. And then, oh Jesus Christ! Um, yeah, I get you. Like movies do that, where it's like, "Hey, sexy lady shows up." Yeah, the, the ladies get on the bus. The dudes are horned up. I'm, I, I would say at the time, like, eh, I, I hate when this happens. It just, it's because it's done so much. But it's okay. It's fine. But when it happens at the end of the film, that's when it clicked it over into like, okay, well, the entire bit, the entire thing from the film, hate it. Get the fuck out yep. of here. Uh, I feel like. Yeah, the, I mean, another bit, I guess, it's similar to Death Race 2000, where the Navigator is trying to sabotage Frankenstein. But in Death Race 2000, is because she was trying to stop the race, because she was part of uh, um, Alexandra Payne's uh, c- you know, campaign to end the end, uh, transcontinental road rape, as she yeah. called it. Um, in this film, it's no, just because the warden is trying to make her make yeah, do it. Because the warden's trying to make everyone do it, but no one apparently can ever figure out the warden's an evil fucking yeah. bitch, and is just going to rip, rip him off. I don't know why no one can understand that. Nope, I I, I, uh, I Ian McShane is in this film as coach. I do like him a yeah, lot. Yeah, he was good. Uh, one thing that I did l- l- genuinely like about the film was uh, Frankenstein and Machine Gun Joe just piecing out the last race and the warden's reaction to that. I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. I thought that was good fun. And okay. and, and also and like, also hey, like why the fuck has no one else thought of that? Yeah. <laughs> like is this is this really the first time ever? Anyone's tried to escape because it seemed like it went okay. Apparently they did. They just didn't have the idea to apparently stop the cop cars on the road or something. I guess. I don't know. Which another thing that the um, case, who's the navigator for Frankenstein, mm-hmm. played by Natalie Martinez, apparently uh, she gets caught at the end posing as Frankenstein, and it's like, but she already signed my papers. It's okay. <laughs> no, I I feel like you'd still go to prison. I don't. I'm confused. Yeah, I mean, she can just rip up those papers. <laughs> which I mean, she then gets blown up, in which the end, uh, not the last shot of the film, but the last part of the, part of the film where I went, "Oh, go fuck yourself!" is when Coach blows him up and looks at the camera, looks at the audience, goes, "I love this game." Yeah, no, I, I liked my I, shit. Fuck I you. liked when he said, "Now that's entertainment." The first time he did the fourth wall nudge, because that's the same thing as some folks got a strange sense of humor from Friday the Thirteenth Six, you know. It's that sort of yeah. wink thing that I liked. The fact that it, it again, it like it happened again, and it felt less like satire and more like a cheap gag. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. And I, I guess even the beginning, I'm just like, yeah, okay, okay, that's fine. And it's like blowing up in the background, looking straight into my soul. I love this game. Yeah. Shut up! <laughs> Go away! Fuck you! Get out of my life! Oh Jesus Christ! Um. At the end of the film, they escaped to Mexico. Him and uh, Machine Gun Joe, they're friends. I like that cool. I like how Machine Gun Joe is not as headstrong as he was in um, Death Race 2000. But yeah, at the same time, he knows you know that Frankenstein isn't you know Frankenstein anymore. He's now being played by Statham. Mm-hmm. 
Otherwise, it's just a shit. Pile of shit. Fuck this movie. Didn't like it. I like Statham in it. Don't get me wrong. Statham, like I think we said so far, I don't I don't remember a single film we've watched so far in which he phoned it in. He's delivering it fine. Uh, I do appreciate there are a good amount of practicals. I just don't like... Just, there's just a mountain of other shit that, shit that makes this movie just unwatchable. Yeah. Practically unwatchable. I mean, obviously I got through it, but... There are times I almost didn't want to. And I tried really hard to sell... Because I love Death Race 2000 a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of that movie. Huge proponent of it. I try to get people to check it out who have never seen it. Huge, huge fan of it. And so I was trying really hard to separate the two. Which I, it was easy to do because this film was nothing fucking like Death Race 2000. It was like The Running Man. <laughs> um, but even then, even as a film, and the script, it doesn't have... Like we mentioned before, it doesn't have any soul. The edit, even on editing and uh, cinematography alone, I despise this fucking movie. Yeah. So I, just so people know, I'm not, I'm not just jogging on it because it's not Death Race 2000. Because like, I knew going into it, it wasn't going to be that. So... Just, yeah, I mean, so I, the, I guess, uh, wor- do you have any final thoughts? I mean, I know I've been ranting and raving on this. I do apologize. Um, no hand grenade. Zero out of five. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I like the, I, I do like the nod that they had the ring that they gave him. That was Frankenstein's in the first. Like, there's always like, there's these little itty bitty fucking like 1% of 1% of 1% nuggets in the film I do appreciate. But yeah, there was no hand grenade. I guess they kind of did because they did blow up the president. And by president, we mean warden. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But it wasn't with a hand grenade. I I was so sad there wasn't a hand grenade in this film because that's that's the funniest bit of Death Ray 2000. She's like, what's that? It's a hand grenade. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. I remember watching that film with you for my first time ever seeing it at Cinema Wasteland on 16mm. And it was yeah. awesome. And Sylvester mm-hmm. Stallone was so fucking good in it. Oh yeah, he was super just yelling at his navigator all <laughs> yes. the time, calling her a potato, screaming all the time, hating the fact that everyone loves Frankenstein. And Carradine was great in it. I'm not the biggest fan of David Carradine, but he was so good in that fucking movie. Yeah, I, I agree. And the, mu- the music, I feel I, that's that's what always pissed me so much about this film. It was, I guess it made just more stuff that put me against some before I even saw it. Was that for years I wanted them to remake Death Race 2000 with a budget? Because that's the only problem with Death Race 2000 is that it's a Corman film and it was made in the 70s. They did the best they could with what they mm-hmm. had, but I thought, oh my god, taking the concept of the transcontinental road race, all the satire, all that stuff, especially now. Again, it's another film that's very prophetic. It, it's even more true now. Uh-huh. And give that if give that all that stuff the goofy shit with the cars, all these like wacky racers elements. Put that in a film now with a budget behind it. That'd been fucking awesome. And then we get this fucking shit. And which insurance we probably won't ever get anything else with the series because they keep making fucking directed DVD fucking movies. Mm-hmm. And it's like, god damn it. I wanted one thing and they just had to shit in my breakfast. So yeah, that's... Uh, I, I mean, do you have any fi- final thoughts? On that? I, I think I just already asked that. <laughs> I don't know if there's any final final parts you want to talk about before we get started right Some final, final thoughts. Uh... Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh... I don't know. It just felt like Paul Anderson was making a video game movie off of something that wasn't based on a video game. Yeah, no, yeah. it'd be nice if I could actually watch the fucking video game. Yeah. Uh, so star ratings. Um, I give it a one and a half. Because I thought it was at least fun at times, and I liked Statham a lot. I have to agree. I give it a one and a half. I had it at a two when I first got done with it, but the more I talk about it, the more I think about, it. yeah, it missed all, it missed all the stuff. Yeah, it bumped down to one and a half for me. You know, it's one of those. Obviously, most films when you've watched them, or you might rate them a little higher than you will. Right. 
down the road, but one and a half is where I give it. I think of the same reason. There's a couple there's a couple itty bitty points that I thought were fine. I like Tyus Gibson, I like I like the acting is fine. Joan Allen is great as this is fucking sadistic bitch. I really appreciate her and I like Jason Statham and stuff like that, but fuck this movie <laughs> shit. I can't I cannot recommend this movie at all. At all. Just watch Death Race out Death Race two thousand and watch uh, the Running Man. Yep. yep. And then yeah, there's there's no reason to ever watch this movie. So it goes in the it goes in the lineup of Ernest Goes to Africa and in the category of you have no reason to ever watch this. Yeah. So so that's that. Uh, I guess uh, again, uh, like we always say, if you disagree, if you want to be like those, uh, I'll, I'll, I won't get on this rant, but if you want to be like those fuck faces on Letterboxd that gave Death Race uh, several, several, several people gave it four stars, you can please email <laughs> us at moviefilmsatbillandsteve.gmail.com. Let us know why your taste is shit. <laughs> I was going to say, like, what's it, what does it feel like to be a total chode? <laughs> Uh, and you can also find us on our Tumblr, where all our episodes are at, moviefilmsatbillandsteve.tumblr.com. There's also our Facebook, where you can uh, always see cool episode images Steve makes. They're always hilarious. And you can also see any other posts we make at moviefilmsatbillandsteve on Facebook. You can also find us on iTunes, moviefilmsatbillandsteve. Uh, search it up, subscribe, get five stars, say, yeah, Death Race sucks. Um, Bill and Steve are right. Say that right there. Boom. Type it in. Boom. Uh, and uh, we're also on Twitter uh, at MovieFilmsBS that stands for Bill and Steve or Bullshit whichever you approve of and if you want the more personal Lovable Bill experience you can find me on Twitter at Lovable Bill and as always you can check out my films www.silverspotlightfilms.com or facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms and of course you can check out my personal email one on one just you and me darkmullet at gmail.com and also, I kind of once in a while use uh, Instagram. I'm just Dark Mullet on there. Sounds so good. So yeah, as we said before, uh, the next Statham episode will be coming up in a couple weeks. You know, I could do that once a month. And uh, if you want to, you can go ahead and rewatch ahead, watch Crank 2 and Transporter 3 and stuff and all that stuff. As I desperately try to fill time to find a quote. <laughs> These movies are not the most quotable, and it's really upsetting me. It really is, yeah. Uh, so, um, as always, guys. <laughs> I've been Steve! Uh, it's a hand grenade. Boom, fuck it. Fuck it. Shit. Oh, I know. Um, uh, Frankenstein easily defeated the French Air Force. <laughs> that was a good line. It is a good line. Take that, you Frenchies. Fuck you. Frankenstein fries.